Welcome to Red Star Reviews, the podcast, episode 10, my top 10 favorite fantasy series ever. Now, this one has been a difficult podcast to put together for a couple reasons. One is because it is incredibly difficult to go ahead and fairly assess each and every fantasy series that I've read, and then to select out of them just 10 to go ahead and be these are my 10 favorite of all time, knowing in my mind that, well, this pod, this list could change. It can be different next week. I might go ahead and decide that one or two of these don't belong on there and another one belongs on there. Now, realistically, I went ahead and took a little bit of time so that I could be happy with the 10 choices that I have, not feel like I'm about to go and change them next week, but you never know. These 10, though, out of all the ones that I considered, really stood out to me as having some form of, form of an effect upon my life that went ahead and made me say, these are 10 of my favorite fantasy series I've ever read, that these 10 will stick with me, that I always want these 10 to be in my bookshelves, that these are 10 that I happily will go back and read again, maybe have read multiple times already, but they're 10 that years from now, I'm going to want to go back and read these 10 series again. And I'll go ahead and explain which 10 I selected, why I selected those 10. But there is one other reason why this podcast took a while to compile. And it's because for the longest of time, I kept trying to go ahead and rank those 10 in order. Like, okay, this is number 10, number 9, number 8, number 7. And then I realized, really, it doesn't matter. They're on the list. They are my top 10. The internal ranking of them is superfluous. I don't need it because I'm saying that these are the 10 best. So it doesn't really matter if one's number 10 and one's number one. So when I read out the 10, they're not going to be in any particular ranking or order. They're just my top 10. Once I finally decided that that's the route I was going to go, I was very content with the 10 that I had. I no longer was stressing about, well, should I put this one up higher? Am I putting it up too high because of nostalgia? I just went ahead and said, these are my top 10. Now, what brought this podcast about was a while back, um, a fellow reviewer and reader on Twitter, uh, Nick Reviews, that's at N-I-C-K-R-E-V-W-S, shared his top 10 fantasy book series of all time. And that just got my mind just going about what are my top 10 fantasy favorite ones. And then some people also on Bookstagram are jumping on. So I wanted to go ahead and I wanted to share it. And I wanted to share it in this podcast. But to get to 10, as y'all know, there's always a process. So I just want to go ahead and give some shout outs, some honorable mentions to ones that are excellent, but didn't quite make the 10. These are ones that I've read, I've enjoyed, and I thought deserved mention, but they didn't quite make it into the top 10 list. Um, So my honorable mentions are going to start and then we'll jump into the top 10. Uh, some of the reasons why a few of these are honorable mentions instead of top 10, I tried to select book series that I've either read the complete series of, or I've read a large portion of what's been written of them. So that way they could truly stand out to me and be great series instead of just, okay, here's a great solo book. So there's a few of the series that I'm still working on that I haven't finished reading um, that didn't quite make the top 10 that, who knows, in a couple of years once I finish reading them, they may be up there. 
But some honorable mentions, I believe that Stephen Brust definitely deserves an honorable mention for his Vlad Tatosh series, um, which Vlad is an assassin and he is stuck in a fantasy world um, where he is a human surrounded by these more powerful, longer living beings and Vlad's a sorcerer and a witch and an assassin and he's trying to survive and trying to live and it's really interesting, really witty, really creative. Um, another one that didn't quite make it on there was The Book of the Long Sun by Gene Wolfe. Um, I've not gotten far enough in The Book of the New Sun um, to go ahead and put that on there. I'm still working my way through it. It's great. It's epic. It's wonderful. Um, but I haven't quite gotten far enough into the series itself. And also, um, when compared to the other ones, I like the other ones more. As this list is completely subjective, I'm allowed to go ahead and do that. Um, the Shattered Sea series by Joe Abercrombie um, definitely gets a shout out. That's my favorite by him. It's a trilogy right now. The Half a King, Half a World, Half a War. It's amazing. Absolutely incredible. I love it. Um, highly recommend it. I think it's Abercrombie's best work, although I'm in the minority there. Most people like his other work more. Um, the Empire of Dust series has really been so amazingly good. I, 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 I've been really enjoying that one. That one's written. Um, well, let me just share with you one of the titles of the book. The Tower of Living and Dying is the second Empire of Dust novels, and that's written by Anna Smith Spark. Um, it's been incredible. The Just the rhythm of the books are just amazing, and I can't wait for the third book in that series. Uh, another honorable mention goes to The Broken Empire by Mark Lawrence. Um, many of y'all know about the uh, trilogy starring George, and he's continued on the series past the trilogy. I haven't been able to read that far into it yet, but that opening trilogy is worthy of mention. Also, um, if you've not encountered David Eddings yet, I highly recommend his books. He's written two trilogies featuring Sparhawk, which to me are th his best works. The Tamulai and the Lanium, those are just absolutely amazing. Also, honorable mentions to Wars of Lights and Shadow by Jenny Wirtz, um, West of the West by Angus Watson, and um, The Band by Nicholas Eames. All of these are absolutely amazing. And also a final honorable mention, shout out to Heritage of Shannara by Terry Brooks. Um, for me, Terry Brooks' best work is that four-book quadrilogy, um, The Heritage of Shannara. All of these books, all of these series are were absolutely amazing. They definitely did leave a mark on me, but for various reasons, um, they didn't quite make the top 10, but every single one of them is worth reading. If you have any questions about them, I'll be glad to go ahead and give you more information on the honorable mentions. Now that that's out of the way, um, I have to present to you my top 10 favorite fantasy book series of all time, as they stand at this time. <laughs> now, okay, moving right along in no particular order, I'm going to start with the heaviest of the books first. Um, it's because it's one of those leather-bound special editions. Um, it is A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. Now, this is one that I don't post about very often on Bookstagram or on Twitter for one simple reason. 
I don't watch the TV show. I don't want to talk about the TV show. I don't want to know about the TV show. I know it's separate from the book series, but it is still taken from and extrapolated from the book series. And seeing how it's bypassed where the books were, I just don't want to know any of those possible spoilers to what George R. R. Martin might eventually write if he does finish the series. Um, but as far as the books go, if you've not read the books, the books are amazing. It's some of the best literature being written in America. I highly enjoy it. I recommend it. I love getting to talk to people about just the books and about the story that's inside the books. Um, it's one that when I first came across the series, there was only three books in it. And I read those three books. And then I immediately reread those three books. And then I reread those three books again, um, just because I just loved how much was in there and how much you could dig through and find little things that you missed beforehand. And um, those books helped bring friends into my life that have been lifelong friends because we just enjoyed talking about those books so much. So they've actually had special meaning in those regards. But also, it's just incredible literature. It's really well written. There's a lot in there to reward the readers as you read through the series. And I'm so eager for the next book, but I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And the first book, like I said, in no particular order, the first series is A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. Um, I don't think that it will disappoint you at all if you give it a try. Okay, moving right along, um, we'll go with, seeing how this is in no particular order, a series that will not surprise anybody that is on my top 10 fantasy series of all time. It's The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Shocking no one, The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan is one of my favorite fantasy series ever. When I first started reading The Wheel of Time, I joke that I was Randall Thor's age when I first came across the books and started reading it. By the time it was finished being writing, written, I joked that I was Tamal Thor's age. And it just, it's kind of true. Um, but The Wheel of Time is one of those series that I've read through multiple times. Um, the final book I've only read one time. Um, the first five books of The Wheel of Time, to me, are about as perfect as you can get in fantasy books. They're amazing. They're incredible. Um, I get a little bit frustrated uh, with the next five for various reasons. Um, I think there's entirely too much kidnapping going on. There's a few times this is not ru ruining any plot lines because, you know, it's a 14-book series. Some people do get kidnapped in it. When that happens, though, it's a few points. It feels like Robert Jordan was like, hmm... I really don't know what I'm supposed to do for the next book. I know. We'll kidnap a character. That'll make it interesting again. And yeah, you're stuck having to read through that plot line figuring, well, someone's going to find him at the end. But as far as the series go, it's amazing. It really set a gold standard for what high fantasy should be like. It drew tons of fans back into the fantasy realm of reading. Um, it introduced new characters and new fantasy to all of us, and um, Robert Jordan did such a great job of world building that you just enjoy going with his characters as they travel through the world that he's created. It's, to me, entertaining, engaging. It's one of the series that when you read it, 
um, you grow and change alongside the characters as they grow and change. So I highly recommend it. Um, going from Wheel of Time and A Song of Ice and Fire to the third one on my list, again in no particular order, it'll be The Elric Saga by Michael Moorcock. The Elric Saga is phenomenal. Michael Moorcock um, has an ability as a writer to just, with only like a page of writing, paint a picture of an ancient civilization which flourished and died and was no more um, as just a background of what's happening in the current story while they're riding on a boat past a place. It's just incredible. The imagination that went into this series is just absolutely phenomenal. I, this is one of those series that if you've not yet read and you love fantasy, you really need to go ahead and do yourself a favor and dig into it. It's dark fantasy, um, and a lot of modern fantasy authors that everyone reads and loves list him as one of their sources of inspiration. The books that he was creating, the prose that he uses, the characters, it just all sticks with you. And it's a good story um, that I just highly enjoy and recommend. And there are some absolutely amazing covers that go along with these books. As y'all know, I love me some covers. So Michael Moorcock's Elric Saga definitely is one of those that's on the list. When you read it, um, for me at least, it's one of those that does inspire the reader to want to create something. So that is, I think, a mark of a good work of art. It's not just something that you just look at and admire. It's also something that strikes something inside of you that wants to create something yourself. And I'll return back to that topic again as we go further in the list. Another one on my list, and if you follow me on Bookstagram, this should surprise no one because it is one of my goals to uh, get everyone to read this trilogy because I think it is amazing and I think that it not enough people have been able to read and appreciate this trilogy. It is the Godless World trilogy, written by Brian Ruckley, um, which consists of Winterbirth, Bloodair, and Fall of Thanes. This is one of the most darkly, beautifully moving stories that I've ever read, that multiple times just had me in tears while I was reading it. The final book in the trilogy, it took me forever to finish it, not because it was slow, not because I wasn't enjoying it, but because it was so beautiful and so intense by the time I got to that final book. I could only read a few pages and then I had to set it down. It just moved me very deeply. Um, so I, again, it's just one of those, I just want everyone to read because it's incredible. I think it's well written. The very first book in Winterbirth, I'll admit the um, first 70 pages or so, it was a little bit slow going for me, not because the writing was slow, but because I was trying to get used to the place names and people names and the, the houses and how they showed their allegiance with their house names. Um, but about page 70 or so, it just clicked. And from that point on, it was just steady. And the books are incredible. So I highly recommend it. It is grimdark fantasy at its best. It's something that I think that if you read, you're going to absolutely love. 
So the Godless World Trilogy by Brian Ruckley is on my list. Okay, now we're a few book series into it, and you're probably wondering already, you know, well, this is Red Star Reviews, so where's Ellie Mozart Jr.? Glad you asked. So Ellie Mozart Jr., as y'all know, is the author who, if I were stuck on a deserted island and I could only pick one author to read their books over and over and over again, Ellie Mozart Jr. is who I would select. One of the primary reasons I would select that is because of his Recluse Saga. The Saga of Recluse is a multi-volume epic saga which starts with the book The Magic of Recluse. However, The Magic of Recluse is chronologically not the first book in the series. It's set actually chronologically towards the very end of the series. But Ellie Mozart Jr. recommends that you read all the books in publication order. The Magic of Recluse was the first one published. I agree with him. I think as he jumps through the ages of his world of recluse, you just get to see so much develop, so much story. You get to see the world, the characters. Most of the time, he writes them as duologies inside of it. Most characters will stick with you for a couple books, and then they're gone, and you're on to another couple characters. Sometimes you see hints of the other characters throughout the histories, um, but sometimes you don't encounter them anymore. Sometimes you get to see them from a different perspective. Um, but I think Ellie Mozart Jr. is incredibly talented. I feel like he writes the Saga of Recluse, Saga of Recluse from a concept of subtraction. It's like he writes the whole book series, or, and then he goes through and he starts subtracting details so that the reader has to make logical leaps to go ahead and follow along with what he's doing. And I feel like he respects the reader, respects the reader's intelligence, and that he just draws you in. Um, a lot of the people reading it will notice, if you read on in the series, that does seem to be a bit formulaic, um, and I agree with that. But it's a formula that I enjoy, that I like, that I think he's doing an excellent job with. So it's one that I personally don't mind reading the same sort of story over and over, as long as it's a story I enjoy. Um, so yeah, Ellie Mozart Jr. has hit the list. Now we are halfway through the list. Uh, wonder if there's any surprises that have already caught you, ones that you didn't expect, or so far if all of these were like, yeah, this is exactly what I expected from them. Um, and wonder if any of these five also would have been on your list. Now, to move right along to the final five, I'll go ahead and uh, <clears throat> throw one out there that I know you're all sitting there saying, but wait, 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 where's Tolkien? Don't worry, J.R.R. Tolkien is on the list. It pretty much be impossible, I think, for me to write a top 10 favorite fantasy series without including Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, Tolkien is one of the primary reasons why I'm a reader today. Because the covers that were on my parents' edition of The Lord of the Rings were so amazingly illustrated that I just had to know what those stories were that went along with those covers. So my parents greatly encouraged me to go ahead and read, to learn how to read, so that I could go ahead and not just be told those stories, but read them, grasp them, comprehend them myself. And that's what launched me onto my whole journey of becoming a lifelong reader and so the true magic that you find in the pages of Tolkien, 
it made a lifelong reader out of me. Um, and I appreciate it to the nth degree. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien is on the list. This is one of the reasons why I had a hard time trying to rank these top tens in order. Because when you stop to think about it, yes, Tolkien's going to be on the list. Where would he be on one to ten? Because how much of that is nostalgia from the book series I read so many times as a child? How much of it is well-deserved? And honestly, the answer is yes, there would be a ton of nostalgia in wherever I rank Tolkien. But also, yes, it's well-deserved because he's an amazing author. He basically set the stage for almost every other fantasy author in the whole genre to go ahead and succeed. Um, his book series, I think, stands the test of time. <clears throat> it is incredible. It's beautiful. It's moving. And I highly recommend it if you've never read it. It's well worth reading. It's also one that I want to go back and read here in the near future. Um, I just want to reread it now at this stage of my life because it's been years since I've read it. And I think it would be very interesting to go ahead and dive back in. Speaking of that, a book series that I read when I was a teenager that I enjoyed, didn't really connect with that well, but enjoyed, thought was really good, really well written, um, that I then put on my shelf and didn't read for, I don't know, say another 20 years or so. But when I picked it back up and I read that series again, well, the, the initial trilogy at least, I was so intensely moved by the beauty that was in the pages of the book, by the artistry that was in the pages of the book, by the humanity that shone forth inside of that book, that it has to be on my top 10 favorite lists, and that is Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn by Tad Williams. When I was a teenager and I read Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn, I mainly was reading because I wanted to read about powerful magical swords. And Seelman Snowlock was an amazing character. I thought he was, he was the hero, and I wanted to read more about the hero. And anything that followed any of the other characters, I got frustrated with. Because I'm like, but the story's with this hero, and you're going everywhere. And none of this matters. You need to go back to the hero. Tell me more about the swords. So I was very impatient, and the story felt very slow and plodding. And it was neat, but, you know, not that much really stood out to make it too memorable. When I read it as an adult, and I got to see Tiamek the Ren Man battling with his own personal beliefs versus his cultural beliefs, and when I got to see, you know, Isgrimner the Duke, uh, watching his children and watching the children of his loved ones grow up and trying to be there for him and trying to be an uncle and be a father and be a, a guiding figure, when I saw all these things, when I saw Joshua's in their battles, what's going on, and when I also got to see what allowed the evil to flourish in the land, there was so much more that I just understood and connected with in that book series, and it was beautiful and moving to me, and if you've never read it, I really recommend that you go ahead and put Tad Williams up at the top of your list of what you need to read, grab a copy of The Dragonbone Chair, sit back and just watch the beauty unfold. Now, moving right along from there, um, y'all know I already have talked about some nostalgia 
where nostalgia ranks in on this, which makes it very hard to try and rank some of these and bring some of these in. Well, see, I think the thing about any top 10 list or any favorite list, you need to be open to it changing. You need to be open to new books that are written that might come in like a wrecking ball and just make a place for themselves on that list. And for me, that's what the Elderit series by Ian Markoff did. Um, when I sat down and read The Deadbringer, when I initially opened it up, it was I was like, hmm, okay, let's see what this is. It's something new, something slightly different. Let's just see if it appeals. And I got pulled right into this world, which is a fully realized world and is an amazing world. But peopling this world, because it's an incredible world, great world building skills, but peopling this world are some of the most true and intense persons that I've ever read a book series about. The interpersonal conflicts that are going on inside the people and between the people, um, the communication that goes on between them, it's so well done that it's some of the best that I've ever read in a book series. So The Deadbringer, um, which is the first book of that series, jumped right into the list along with To Nurture and To Kill. Um, which is a prequel to The Deadbringer. Uh, the sequel to The Deadbringer is going to be coming out in 2020. I'm very ecstatic about that. But that is a book series, the Elderit series by E.M. Markoff, that just leapt into this top 10 list and earned a place in it. It's well-deserved. And it's one that, if I could just convince you to read one book this year, as I've already said in the previous podcast, it would be The Deadbringer by E.M. Markoff. I believe in it that much. I think it's amazing. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it. If you've read it, if you've already read and loved it, or if you're about to read it, what you think about it after you've read it, I really look forward to it. I think it's one that deserves a place on everyone's top 10 fantasy series. Now, this next one might be surprising to y'all. It might be one that y'all don't expect. We're down to the last two. Um, this one is one that when I was younger, um, I was scouring my library for anything and everything that I could read that was fantasy or sci-fi. And I came across this four book series that just, I picked it up, started reading it. I felt like I was missing something to the story like there was a story beforehand that I might that just happened. But having read Tolkien, I was kind of used to having unexplained stories in the background that you occasionally encounter with history. So I didn't worry about too much. I thought it might just be something that the author was trying. But as I read this series, it just was one of those, like I was talking about earlier, that just inspired me. As soon as I got done reading it, I turned around and I started writing and I started creating my own fantasy worlds, writing my own fantasy stories. It's one that just really inspired me to do that as a child. And it stuck with me all these years. And it's one that I just truly have enjoyed. And that is why Raymond E. Feist is on my top 10 list, not for the magician or magician's apprentice, like most people probably would assume, because I didn't know that those really existed at the time. When I picked up Volume 1 of the Serpent War Saga, Shadow of a Dark Queen. The four-book Serpent War Saga is amazing. It explores every aspect of a fantasy world. 
You have the economical side, you have the legal side, you have the royalty side, you have the military side, you have all these different things that are taking place, and Ramini Feist jumps right into them. You understand more about stocks and trading <laughs> from this book series than you would from a class. So it's neat, it's interesting, it's creative. It got me not only wanting to read it more, it got me wanting to write and create my own books. And as I said, I think that's the mark of true art. So it definitely is on my list. Now, for the final book in my top 10 best fantasy series ever, um, y'all have heard me talk a lot about Ellie Mozart Jr. and his Saga of Recluse. However, Ellie Mozart Jr.'s Saga of Recluse is not my favorite fantasy book series by Ellie Mozart Jr., little known fact. My favorite book series by Ellie Mozart Jr. is the Korean Chronicles. And that's Korean Chronicles spelled with a C, so it's C-O-R-E-A-N, if you're looking for it online. Um, the very first book in it is Legacies. He's written two trilogies and one duology. And again, he jumps around in the time of his fantasy world, but I would highly recommend starting with Legacies. Um, it is the first book of the Korean Chronicles. What he basically did was create a world, and in that world, it's a, I don't want to give away too much, but it's an amazing fantasy world um, where there is good, there is evil, there is a lot of gray in between, and Ellie Mozart Jr. uses it to kind of study some aspects of humanity and what makes us tick, how we respond to certain things. Um, he creates characters that you deeply care about. It's it's interesting, and it's also fantasy with guns. Um, he includes um, guns inside the series, which a lot of the time with fantasy, it's just magic and swords and sorcery. This one had different kinds of weaponry, which was just very interesting, and he digs into like a lot of military tactics inside of it. So I really just enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it, and... When I sit there and read and reread and reread the Korean Chronicles, because I have, um, it actually climbs up again and again and again over the Recluse Saga for me. I'll always, when someone asks me, well, how should I jump into Ellie Mosa Jr.? I'll personally always recommend the Recluse Saga because I think it's more accessible, but I think the Korean Chronicles are better. Like, those books are just better as a series. It's a better story. Um, but yeah, that is my top 10 fantasy series of all time. Um, I'm very curious what you think of the list. If they are books that you've read and that you love and you agree and you think they are well-deserved, if any are surprising and shocking, um, or if there's any shocking absences, maybe some of the books I listed as an honorable mention you think deserve to be actually in the top 10. And I encourage all of y'all to go ahead and work on your own top 10 and keep in mind that all these are subjective. Um, the standards that you use will probably be different than mine. Um, a few friends, like I said, have already done their own top 10 lists. And yeah, our book series that we picked are for the most part, drastically different. Um, but these book series have stayed with me. They've affected me personally. They've challenged me. Um, some of them have inspired me. And they're ones that, for me, when I sit down and think about 10 books that, 
years from now, I'm going to want to read and reread and reread. Those are 10 book series that I'm just going to want to have on my shelves. So for me, they are my top 10 fantasy series of all time. And I think that's an appropriate topic for the 10th episode of Red Star Reviews. Um, It's been an amazing journey getting from thinking about doing a podcast to actually standing here completing my 10th episode. I haven't been able to be as regular of a podcaster as I had hoped. Um, I appreciate all of y'all bearing with me on that. Um, This is a labor of love. And unfortunately, labors of love don't always pay the bills. So you got to work. And, you know, that does that does cut into the amount of time that you would spend. But this is something that I truly enjoy doing. The research that I get to put into each episode, the uh, time just getting to talk about books and talk about the love of books is just something that's fun. And for all of you who are still sitting there wondering whether or not you want to start blogging or writing your own book reviews, or even maybe launch your own podcast, I highly recommend doing it. Having something that is creative, just burning inside of you, let it find that expression and just let it go and enjoy it. You never know where you might go. You might be sitting there 10 episodes into a podcast, just in amazement that um, you've been able to do it and that people are supportive and enjoying it. And I appreciate each and every single one of you. And I'm already looking forward to recording the 11th episode. So thank you all very much and have a wonderful, well, right now I'm going to have to say good night because it definitely is 11 o'clock at night. So it's time for night. So, but whenever you're listening to this, hope you have a good day or good night.